Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Perceptive Podcast here on Game Wisdom, where we examine the art and science of games. I am, of course, Josh Placer, and we have another great cast for you tonight. We're going to be talking to another independent developer who is currently working on their title that is going to be out on early access on January 21st. By the time you are listening to this, it should either be out or coming out really soon. The game itself is called Miasma Caves, and it is a pacifist roguelike, which sounds very interesting. And joining me tonight is the founder and lead designer over at Windy Games, Adam Michon, who is going to be talking a little bit more about the game. Hi. <laughs> hey, Adam. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing great. We were just talking before the cast that Adam is also on the East Coast. It's always interesting. Like I've had podcast guests, like it's like time difference, like six hours ahead or twelve hours before. But it is nice to get a podcast that we're both like on like the same timetable for. But how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. All right. It is great to have you on. We got a lot to talk about, and we're going to see how much we can get through. So, as I just said, Miasma Caves is going to be due out on Early Access. For those of you listening to us right now, we are recording this just the week before Christmas. So, I know everybody is getting busy in holiday mode, but I guess Adam and I have a few work, a little bit of work to do today. So... Uh, there is certainly a lot we can discuss. To begin with, Adam, since this is your first time on the cast, could you talk a little bit about Windy Games and what kind of is your background when it comes to game development? Okay, so um, you know, Windy Games is uh, we're a four-person team uh, located in uh, White Plains, New York, just outside of New York City. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, my background is like I sort of came from more business background for schooling, but uh, took some uh, game classes as they added them uh, when I was already partway through college. Um, this is my first like big project. A lot of, I did like a lot of modding and mm-hmm. like tabletop and just small projects before this. All right. And uh, I guess I'm assuming that with Miasma Caves is going to be like the actual first big game from Windy. Uh, yeah, this is going to be our first game. All right. How long have you been working on Miasma for? Uh, It's been about three years now. All right. And we'll be talking more about the design of the game probably in the next few minutes. But for people listening to us right now, what is kind of the elevator pitch for Miasma Caves? Um, Let's see. It's a pacifist roguelike game where you go through a procedurally generated cave system looking for treasures. Uh, The treasures can be appraised for lore and jokes, and then uh, sold to get more supplies or upgrade your village. Uh, the As like the pacifist part implies, uh, there's no combat, so all the dangers are environmental. We have stuff like cave-ins and poison gas. Uh, the creatures are all not aggressive, but they will still find ways to be a, a nuisance as you explore. All right. Sounds very interesting. And for fans of Game Wisdom listening, you guys know that I'm a huge roguelike fan. And it's a genre that has certainly taken off in the last few years. So I guess for you, Adam, what attracted you to kind of the roguelike design for Miasma Caves? Um, I mean, I've sort of mixed things from a lot of different genres, but I think I've seen a lot of influence from a lot of PS1 era roguelikes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was like the Azure Dreams and Chocobo Dungeon. Um, and then I sort of just found ways to like mix in those, like a lot of like the procedural stuff and just mm-hmm. I think I just found it added a lot of interesting aspects to the game. All right. And uh, with Miasma Caves, as you say, you've worked on now for about three years. So I guess uh, as this being your first game from the studio, what made you want to focus on this game as opposed to like any other ideas you had at the time? Um, I mean, I did have a big like block of games like I could have <laughs> gone through, but I felt like this one was like very unique, but still like doable with like our small team and mm-hmm. not like reaching for too much. Yeah. And I thought like with a very different kind of like gameplay, I think it'd be a really fun way to introduce people into the game world I've been working on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you said, with Windy Games being a four person team, you don't want to exactly be making like this grandiose project as your first game. <laughs> yeah. So with Miasma Caves, I guess as you said, this is going to be a pacifist roguelike. So that, of course, means I'm assuming there's no combat or any like direct engagement with enemies, right? Uh, correct. And I guess, uh, I guess going from that, why make it a pacifist roguelike, especially considering that the genre itself has become known for you know brutal difficulty or, of course, engaging all matter of enemies? Um, well, I mean, I felt like. Oh, like the we could get a lot of the dangers through the natural elements mm-hmm. uh, to really cover a lot of like the action and like just getting the feel of danger. Um, I mean, originally, I guess there wasn't as much of a roguelike uh, basis in it, and as development went, it took more and more uh, roguelike elements into it to the point where it's like it's a roguelike at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like we could do like, yeah, like the danger was sort the combat was sort of uh, not completely necessary with like the uh, goals of like making this really focus on discovery and exploration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the other risk is that if the combat isn't on point or isn't like your main gameplay loop, it can come off as hurting the game as well. Because as you said, there's a big focus on exploration as the key mechanic. Yeah, and if like. And then even if we did the combat really well, I don't want people to like be like focusing on the combat yeah. part of the game. Mm-hmm. Like I think it being about what you're discovering and exploring should be the prime thing. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, and we've seen games um, combine those two elements. I think probably the most famous one I can think of all the time in my head would be something like the Soul series that. It's all about getting that brutal combat while you're exploring this, this like massive world. But in that case, that is, of course, a hard-coded game. And we don't really see too many like pure exploration games in the roguelike genre. Yeah, because um, generally it's like you have to make sure there's enough interesting things and you don't want it to like repeat. And when like the focus is combat, like then like there's not going to put too much focus on discovering mm-hmm. like the small things. Yeah. And I have a few questions for you about that, but uh, to clarify for people listening to us right now, with Miasma Caves, in terms of, I guess, the difficulty or uh, the expert level that you're expecting, is Miasma Caves aimed at, like, all skill levels? Is it going to be more for, like, casual players, first-timers, that kind of thing? Um, let's see. So, like, right now we're still like, balancing out the difficulty. Like, the early part of the game is... 
going to be like fairly easy to like survive and explore. Mm-hmm. And I think things are going to really ramp up as you get deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, if people do end up wanting it harder, we could probably add like a hardcore <laughs> mode, which like the genre is very known oh, for. Yes. yes, it is. And we could probably, like, it shouldn't be too hard to add in one of those modes if it looks like it's wanted. Mm-hmm. Now, Another point that I wanted to clarify for people listening to us right now, that with Miasma Caves, you are aiming for the world to be procedurally generated, or at least the underground portion, correct? Yeah, the town is pre-made, and then uh, the entirety of the caves are randomly generated with a few special areas scattered among them, but those will just randomly be gener- like put in. Okay. And is it going to be procedurally generated each time you enter, or will it be like when you start like a brand new game and the cavern gets generated like that? So when you start a new game, you'll get a cavern generated, okay, and you'll get to keep that one as long as you don't uh, faint in the caves, mm-hmm. or there's someone in town that can just reset it if you want to do over. Okay, and. It does sound very interesting. Like as you were describing Miasma Caves, Adam, it was reminding me of the game uh, Steam World Dig, which I don't know if you had a chance to play that one. I amazingly have not, but it's been on my list since it does have a lot of similar themes. Yeah, and for people listening to us who don't know the game as well, it is a, a 2D. I don't. It's definitely not roguelike. It's all hard code. It's co- it's kind of like a Metroidvania meets like Dig Dug in a weird sense. As you go down to a cave system, you get treasure. You bring it back up. In turn, it makes you more powerful, which lets you dig further. And we all get the that gameplay loop. And I remember when I was playing the game once, you know, I was saying, you know, this would be amazing if someone decided to make it as a roguelike. So, <laughs> you're, so Miasma Caves is definitely uh, piquing my interest. So, with that said, in terms of, I guess, the core gameplay or the loop that you're going for, so the player goes into the caves, like, what are they exactly, like, doing when they go into a cave looking for treasure? Um, so, and, like, a lot of it is... Um, exploring, since it is procedurally generated, the paths will split a lot, and there's a lot of dangers throughout. So, part of it is like figuring out how can you navigate through the dangers or set them off without getting yourself uh, hurt. Um, filling up your inventory and then remembering how you got back out. Mm-hmm. And as you're losing life over time, you're sort of given a time limit mm-hmm. uh, while you're in the cave. And you have very limited uh, inventory space until you can upgrade that as well. Okay. So uh, what you just said in terms of losing life, is that like a constant drain or is it something that happens like if some if you do something in the caves? So just by being in the caves, there's a constant drain. Okay. Uh, it start, it's very slow, but it gives you a timer. And then if you take damage from any other source, that just it's the same pool. <laughs> OK. And I think that's going to be very interesting to balance in terms of that risk versus reward. With uh, Miasma Caves, like, if the player does faint and they run out of health, what kind of, like, punishment system do you have intended for the game? So, um, like I said earlier, uh, the first thing is the cave will be uh, reset. So Mm -hmm. they will have to relearn the paths that they are using to get to the deeper sections. Mm -hmm. Um, And... They will lose any uh, items or treasures that they have found that are, they are not currently wearing. Okay. 
So if you found equipment and you're wearing it, that's safe. But your torches, pickaxes, those diamonds you found, mm-hmm. they're gone. Okay. Now, in terms of progressing in the game, I'm assuming, again, like a lot of the treasures have like a, a monetary value or a sell cost or a sell value that you can then take back and buy. Are there like permanent upgrades that you can also find in the caves, or is everything kind of tied to selling it back in town? So there's a couple tra- – like a lot of the treasures are used for just selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, some are also uh, equipables, so you can find better equipment primarily in the cave like primarily in the cave where like the town will sell consumables mm-hmm. but you can find maybe permanent versions in the cave all right um another of the treasures are uh, books which while we won't have this going at uh launch at partway through early access we do want to make it so you can uh read the uh, books that you're finding in the cave and that'll give her uh, like one power up per uh, adventure mm-hmm all right. And I'm assuming then that the actual upgrades in the game, that they are all hard-coded. Like, you're not doing, like, a randomized loot or stuff like that. Uh, Yeah, that's right. The treasures all are all hard-coded. All right. But, again, for people listening, in terms of their placement, that will, of course, be random or procedural based on the cavern generation. Yes. Mm-hmm. And... It definitely sounds like it's going to be a very interesting game. In terms of now, obviously, by the fact that there won't be combat, what else will the player be doing in the caves themselves? Like, do you have any like movement abilities, uh, actual like investigation, you know, skills like that? Um, so a lot of the movement abilities are like sort of like uh, you have like you can go mining, mm-hmm. you have ropes, so you can like place anywhere in the caves, so you can climb up or down. Um, there's going to be, like, depending on how the cave generates, there'll be some uh, 3D platforming to get around in. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you mentioned that, because that was going to be my next question for people listening about whether or not the game was actually in 2D or 3D. And 3D is definitely going to be a, be very interesting. I guess, when you originally were coming up with Miasma Caves, was it always intended to be in 3D, or did that happen during development? Uh, it was intended to be 3D at okay. first. All right. And since I know I have a few programmer friends watching this, are you using a uh, pre-built engine, or did you create the engine yourself for Miasma Caves? Uh, we got a pre-built one. We're using a Unity. Okay. Yeah. All right. Great. And with the game itself, we've of course, we already mentioned earlier about the fact that there will be enemies or, I guess, just like creatures in the caves. Without, you know, outright spoiling it for people listening... I guess, what kind of threats or issues can they run into? Um, well, some of the uh, animals like to uh, steal or eat the treasures. <laughs> so sometimes if you're taking too long to explore an area, uh, someone might come by and just take what you're looking for. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that is never a good thing, as we've learned from any of the other roguelites we have played. And... I'm assuming then that it's, since the cavern itself is going to be procedural, like, will there be, I guess, quote-unquote puzzles for the player to deal with, or is the main challenge just going to be the exploration? Um, the main challenge is going to be the exploration and just making sure you have the tools to deal with what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not specifically a puzzle, but, like, a lot of times, like, you find chasms or you find maybe, like, a passageway like way up in the top of like a room mm-hmm. you gotta find a way up there 
All right. So it's very much like an organic puzzle, like something we see out of a platformer or an action game where it's basically, I'm here, there's something really amazing over there, how the heck do I get there with what I have? Yes. Like, And the whole cave is uh, mineable, okay. so you can actually dig your own path, <laughs> but you're a little slow, and with a timer, it's not always the best plan. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just gotta, you know, dig your way through, I guess. Yeah, dig your way through and uh, hope that you don't cause a cave-in as you're trying. <laughs> so I gotta ask this of you, Adam. Did you ever, it sounds very much like the Red Faction series. Did you ever have a chance to play those? Um, I did not. That is another one that's just all about digging. Like, the entire environment is destructible. And I remember I did as I know other people did. Like, you could just, like, keep throwing C4 into a wall, <laughs> and it will just keep blowing it up until you either hit the edge of the map or you somehow, like, found your way completely around everybody. <laughs> no, oh, that's a good way to do it. Never underestimated gamers when it comes to <laughs> trying to get around a challenge like that. But... <laughs> It definitely sounds very interesting about the environment being entirely procedurally generated. Before we started the recording, we were briefly talking about the game Spelunky. And Spelunky is another great example of that kind of procedurally generated design while still focusing on like the action or the player gameplay. I'm assuming, were you inspired by Spelunky in any way? Um, I think I was like, like some of Spelunky, there's also a lot of Minecraft... Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, and then some just a lot of roguelikes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, uh, with the town or the preparation part of Miasma Caves, what does the player like? What are the player is going to be getting in terms of preparing for like the cave system? Like, how are they going to be? I guess using the town to help them. Okay, so the town is sort of like your hub where mm-hmm. you'll go to sell everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so like. Place to clear your inventory. They'll also have a lot of things you can buy, like healing items or mm-hmm. more torches or other kinds of tools. Uh, we're gonna have in some like storage. So if there's like some treasures you don't want to sell yet, mm-hmm. since you can always like appraise them to learn okay. more about them, uh, just store them there. Uh, you're gonna be able to upgrade some of the uh, shops to get like new options and what they do. Mm-hmm. And the town folks will sort of just help give you a lot of advice yeah all right that sounds it sounds like again zach getting that gameplay loop right of exploring to bring more treasures and then using that to aid you and go further and i guess with miasma caves again we are talking a month before the game is even on early access so i'm sure this could be set to change is there like a quote-unquote like hard end to the game like is there some crazy goal you're trying to reach or do you just play until, you know, you've completely dug out the caves and there's nothing left? Um, well, like, right now, like, for when Early Access starts, we're only going to have, um, we won't have the full cave in yet. Okay. Like, the deeper sections won't uh, generate yet, but they will later. Mm-hmm. And there'll be, like, some special things to find, and I think those will sort of be more to clear up, like, a lot of, like, the setting and what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it'll have a lot more of, like, the rare stuff down there as well. All right. Now, uh, one question regarding, like, the actual procedural generation for you. Like, as we know, with a lot of roguelikes, especially something like Minecraft, or, I'm sorry, not even roguelike, but just procedurally generated games in general, that 
the the procedural generation is usually built around you know the higher you are on the map or like the earlier parts will be easier and then that remains fixed until the end of time with how like the cavern is generated is it going to be kind of kept to like like the same basic rule set each time you know as in like the first part of the cave you enter will always be like x and then as you get deeper it turns into y or z um yeah so we did it by uh when the whenever you drop below certain elevations, mm-hmm. then it will uh, start changing uh, what is generating in that area. Okay. Yeah. So like early on, it will be like as long as you're above like the first elevation zone, it's just like stuff is easier because mm-hmm. like the hard things won't be there yet. Okay. I guess in terms of like uh, survival. Like, is there any, like, real survival mechanics in Miasma Caves? You've already mentioned, of course, your life ticking down, but will the player be dealing with, you know, stuff like hunger or uh, thirst or stuff like that? Um, we thought, like, it would be, think, too many bars to really mm-hmm. want to, like, deal with. So we sort of merge them all just into health. Mm-hmm. So, like, your health will go down over time, but also anything that deals damage will hit that. And getting lost is... <laughs> Like one of like the biggest challenges we've been having, so we've been trying to make it uh, give you tools to make it easier to find your way back out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing like panicking and accidentally falling down, going even gaining more loss in a game like this. Or it's like if you get to a part where, like you follow your compass, and then you just realize you're going in circles <laughs> because you can't find the way that actually goes where you want it to point. <laughs> Now, uh, you mentioned a few times during the cast of the thread of cave-ins. And again, with the game being procedurally generated, I thought that was very interesting. Like, what causes a cave-in in the game? So we actually have a couple ways of causing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one that people will run into is sometimes there'll be like, uh, looks like if you look near the ceiling, there'll be like sill and dirt like sort of flowing down. Mm-hmm. And if you get near that, uh, cave-in will sort of just start around that mm-hmm. and uh, start falling. Um, digging can also sometimes cause cave-ins if uh, you're digging and like the uh, ceiling near you doesn't have enough support anymore. Okay. And that also goes the other way, that if you're on something and the floor doesn't have enough support, <laughs> that could also collapse under you. <laughs> it sounds like uh, a lot of bad luck opportunities for players. <laughs> oh, so much bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, one thing that I wanted to bring up that I was just thinking about, you you already mentioned that the player will be digging, there will be upgrades and stuff like that. In terms of, I guess, the exploration along those lines, are you planning on having like additional upgrades, you know, like a double jump system or like a drill or, you know, things that will, you know, radically change how someone explores a cave from the early to like the late game? Um, I think some of the equipment might have more of those kind of effects than any consumable. Okay. So, I mean, I'm not going to go with too many of the uh, fun upgrades, but mm-hmm. there's a pair of boots that let you uh, float for a little <laughs> short while so you might be able to clear some like big chasms without having to like climb down and then climb up or find some way around and mm-hmm. that can definitely uh change up how you're exploring mm-hmm. and another thing that just came to me like 
uh, getting back to the actual mining or the uh, treasure hunting aspect of the game, the stuff that the player is going to be collecting, are you going to be collecting like things that are like hidden in the walls, you know, like mineable ore, or will it just be focused on like these treasures that are placed around? Um, it's mostly going to be treasures okay. that are placed around. Um, they'll be randomly, so sometimes they'll be in corners, sometimes they'll be right in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be some that you can mine out of the walls, and sometimes uh, the treasures might be like, half buried, and you have to like just dig them out, but you can see them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, for people listening, again, we are recording this before the game is even on early access, so we won't be able to go too far into the details about the game right now. But I figure we've been going for almost 30 minutes now, and I want to switch over to some of the talks about like early access and developing the game, and then we'll begin to wrap things up, because um, I know that you are busy, I want to keep you all day long with a cast <laughs> like this. But... Before we move on and talk more about, I guess, the general development of Miasma Caves, are there any aspects relating to the gameplay or the game design that we did not touch on that you'd like to elaborate now? Um, I think one thing I'd like to uh, put is the um, treasure appraisal. Mm-hmm. It's another system we have like where um, all the treasures are broken down into different categories and as you appraise more of those kind of treasures, mm-hmm. it will give you those descriptions and let you give you information on them. And you can level it up to learn what some of the rare items are. Mm-hmm. So you might find like originally like an ancient sword, which you don't know what it is. But if you appraise enough different treasures of that category, you can sort of get more information of what it is and sell it for more. And that's sort of used to help um, keep people from equipping too amazing of equipment if they fu- if they manage to get it too early, mm-hmm. where they'll have to uh, appraise enough equipment so they can actually figure out what it is they want to equip. All right, and I guess one other question about that: I know some games, like when it comes to like treasure hunting or fine materials, that they kind of lock specific tiers. Like I guess like the most famous example would be something from Minecraft, where as you go down each material grade, it lets you mine or get access to the next one. So you can use like a wooden pickaxe to mine diamonds. You have to, you know, work your way, I guess, up the chain. With Miasma Caves, is there something similar in terms of you finding upgrades or, or finding treasures? Or do all treasures just simply go into kind of like your money pool? Um, yeah, so we don't have like a crafting progression or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like, if you find a treasure, you have found it, you just might not be able to learn exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And for equipment, you have to know completely what it is before you can use it. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that you want to throw in your money pool, you can sell it without fully knowing what it is. You just won't get as much money for it. Okay. All right. So I think with that, I do have a few questions for you regarding kind of the early access side of things. And then we'll begin to wrap things up for today. And as always, with all of our guests, Adam, if you're free in the future, we can always have you back on for a follow-up, whether it's live or recorded. That sounds great. All right. So as we've said so far, Miesa Caves is due out by, for this time that we're recording, about a month. So... With the game coming on to early access, I guess my first question, I always like to ask developers, was the early access release part of the original plan for the game? Uh, No, we were originally uh, considering doing a Kickstarter instead. Mm -hmm. 
but I think the like we came to the conclusion that the amount of time we'd have to work on the actual campaign and like all the like rewards and stuff would take a lot of time from development. Mm-hmm. So we decided to go for uh, early access instead, and just get out an, an early section of the game, and mm-hmm. then it also get us more feedback for yeah. um, working through those early parts. Mm-hmm. Yep, and it's definitely been a very interesting case about using early access and Kickstarter for game development. Again, as you said, you started Miasma Caves back three years ago, so that would be 2015. And that would be like right around the time that we started to see Kickstarter not exactly burst, but it has declined, I feel, in terms of the perception for video game projects. Yeah, it seems like people don't pay as much attention unless they like already know about the stuff long before. Mm-hmm. It's like... So yeah, I think it would have been a very big uphill battle, like to, I think for us to get it to work by this point. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, and as you said, with early access, that does give you the freedom of having all these eyes and ears on your game when it comes to play testing and getting feedback. Because as you said, uh, Windy Games is a four-person team, so I'm assuming you don't have like thousands of a uh, uh, beta testers lined up for. It. <laughs> No, not quite. <laughs> so, um, I guess here's another question I have for you, Adam. With regards to putting Master Caves on early access, as you said, with the game being in development for so long, I guess why put it on like now? Like, what uh, what gave you kind of the motivation to say that the game is at a point that we can show it to people? Um, well, we've been going to conventions and events for the past year now, and it's been getting a lot of good feedback and. Where it's sort of to a point where it's like, okay, we can give like a, a full playthrough, like a, a good enough, like an experience of like, here's how the game is, and then just know there will be more. Mm-hmm. All right. And it is very important, I feel, to have your game in that state because just as it can be very risky to go on Kickstarter, we've also seen developers run to that risk of going too soon on the early access when the game is not even like at a point where someone will even know what the game is and they, and they're asking for 15, $20 or anything like that. I mean, that was sort of some of our early versions at uh, events. Mm-hmm. So like we did get a lot of that worked out. <laughs> and uh, for people listening to us right now, do you have a idea for the price for me as a case when it goes on early access? Um, we're looking at, uh, Nineteen ninety nine. Okay. Uh, and then it'll just stay like like it'll never go up from there. Okay. And I guess for the game being on early access, you have an estimated timetable for when it will switch over to one point Uh, yeah, we uh are planning to get to one point uh during the fall. Okay. So it sounds like the game, like I guess. In your opinion, what would you say in terms of completion or, like, the state that it's in right now? Is it, like, 50% of the way, 40%, anything like that? Um, I'm not sure how to, like, it's hard to sort of estimate since a lot of it is, like, procedural. So it's, like, a lot of the systems have to be fully working before we could get anything shown. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of fine-tuning after that, but, like, a lot of the big stuff is sort of... Like, it has to be done before we can, like, really launch (laughs) at all. 
Yeah, of course. And procedural generation, like in of itself, is a very complicated topic. I mean, that's a good 40 minutes to an hour. Like right now, if we wanted to jump just on that one topic. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, with Miasma Caves, and again, with it, like kind of building it out, do you have like an idea of like how long it would take for someone to like play through the game? Not in terms of what's like early access, but, like what is like your like goal in terms of, like a length for the game? Um, I guess right now we're still sort of balancing that, okay. and it's hard without the rest of it. But um, I mean, I'd be happy with like fifteen, twenty hours. <laughs> All right. And again, like we don't need like. There's always been yeah. that uh, misconception, I think, for a lot of these, like, survival open world games that they need to be, you know, 80 to 100 hours plus worth of content. But it doesn't really, like, we rarely see games be that interesting that the player's going to have, you know, a mile a minute joyride for 100 hours of play. Like, uh, one of my favorite games of 2018 was Subnautica which is an open-world survival game that is definitely, like, nowhere near, like, the same state as something like Minecraft in terms of, like, everything you can do in it. But it just has that really great, like, laser focus in terms of its gameplay. Yeah, I haven't gotten to play that, but it's, it looked very interesting. But that is how you sort of want to do it. It's like, I want there to be a lot of explore, and I'm sure the game put, like, length was a lot to take on how much of a completionist everyone is. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, like I said with the Red Faction example, never underestimate people wanting to do every single thing that they can imagine in a game <laughs> like this. I'm trying to think if there is anything else. For people listening, this will probably be one of our shorter casts. Again, with the game still a month out from the time of this recording, I can't exactly ask Adam, you know, everything there is about the gameplay because it's not all in yet. But I guess the <laughs> four people who are interested in picking up, who are listening to us right now, kind of like what will be in the early access version when it's released? Um, so the first two sort of uh, layers or depths of the uh, caves will be there. Mm -hmm. um, a good amount of the treasures and some of the a couple of the special areas, but those will be coming a lot more throughout early access. Okay. Um, the the town should have the first set of upgrades uh, ready, but the later ones won't be there till we uh, get the the books and everything that go with them. All right. Now, uh, one thing that you just mentioned there, that I want to elaborate on. Uh, you mentioned like special areas. Like, I'm assuming that's similar to what we yeah. see in a game like The Buying of Isaac or Spelunky, that they're kind of like a fixed event or something special. Like, what goes with them when they show up in the cave? Um. So, those are like the um the few pre-built areas okay. that are sort of hidden throughout, and those like. We'll have a couple pre-placed treasures if you can find them throughout the rooms. That they'll also have like a journal entry that comes when you find them, to sort of give you, uh, give about some of the impact and uh, sort of a lot of setting and just information at what's happening. Okay. Yeah, so it sounds very much like what we see in like those other games I mentioned. That it's kind of like a special event that coincides with all the procedural generated stuff around it. Yeah. And, like, so we're going to have some of those, and they're going to be hidden, so it's going to take some searching to find those out. Mm-hmm. 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else um, early access related. Um, I guess when the game is finished, what other platforms are you thinking about putting it on? Um, oh, once like yeah, once we have early access, I'd love to go for. I mean, all the consoles. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm trying to think if there's anything else like well i'm trying to think of another question for you adam with regards to i guess running through early access is there anything else that's like coming to your mind in terms of miasma caves that we didn't touch on um i don't think so i mean i think we covered a lot of the plan for what's like already included and what's coming Mm -hmm. i just had one question and i lost it hopefully i'll get it back in the next few seconds but uh, what I was thinking about was uh, with regards to kind of getting the word out to players who are interested in playing Miasma Caves. I guess in terms of like marketing or anything like that, um, have you done anything like have you had a chance to like reach out to people besides at the cons for the game? Um, cons have been the main way we've been doing it so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like and you know, like through social media. Uh, we're working on getting like stuff to press soon and like uh, to streamers, but that'll be when it's much closer to release. So then we can send off builds like that. Okay. And I just remember the question that I had for you. Another big part about going on early access is keeping people updated and keeping the game growing, so people can see that there is work being done. Do you have an idea in terms of like what kind of update schedule you're thinking about for Miasma Caves? Um, so, like, we have plans for the very, like, the big updates, mm-hmm. uh, which will take probably about two and a half months each. I don't, we haven't really figured out what our update schedule would be for, like, a lot of, like, small things, fixes, or just putting in mm-hmm. extra stuff, like, as we finish them. All right. And uh, one other question I was saying about that's another thing I was I was looking at the screenshots that were sent over for the game. Are you playing on Miasma Caves being played like primarily through keyboard and mouse or gamepad or will it allow for both? Um, we are going to allow for both. Um, we is currently uh, keyboard and our controller stuff is partially done. We will plan to have controllers like fully up by. Uh, early access beginning. All right. Well, I think with that, I am just about out for now of questions. Again, if we want to talk more about procedural design and all that, that could easily fit a podcast or two or three. (laughs) So I guess before we, I guess, go into like our final set of questions for the cast, Adam, anything else regarding Miasma Caves, again, either from an early access, a development, or just a game design point of view you'd like to bring up? Um, now I can think of the second. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And for people listening, this is Adam's first podcast, so um, I don't want to put you too much on the spot there. <laughs> All right. But I think with that, we will wrap it up for now. So again, for people listening to us, Miasma Caves is going to be due out on January 23rd. And we're going to try to have this cast up right around that time. So as I said at the beginning, it should either be out or be very soon on its way out for those of you listening to it right now. 
So I guess my two final questions then for you, Adam. First, uh, do you have anything you would like to say to the fans or anyone listening to kind of wrap the cast up on? Uh, <laughs> I know I'm putting you on the spot after I just said that. Nothing right now. <laughs> All right. I uh, look forward to the game. We're going to work very hard to make it as good as we can. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. And um, for people who are interested, like social media wise, to follow you, are there any like Twitter, Facebook groups, things like that that you like to plug? Um, let's say like we're like the like our media or yeah, like for like the game for your site, things like that. Oh yeah, like we're on. Uh, our website is miasmacaves.com. We're on uh, Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook. Um, they're all linked from our main site, and I can get you the list of all like the films you can put in the uh, description. Yep. Not a problem. So for people listening to us right now, be sure to check that down below if you would like to follow them. So I think with that, we will wrap it up for this afternoon. For the people listening to us right now, it is horrible outside. It looks like it's going to be a very rainy day. It hasn't hit Adam yet, but who knows? If we kept, if we keep going, it may be like a complete like a monsoon <laughs> where he's at in New York. <laughs> but I think with that, we will say goodnight for now. Adam, definitely best of luck with Miasma Caves. It sounds very interesting, and I'll be interested in checking out when it goes on early access. Thank you. All right. So, with that said, everybody, we are going to end things here for this week's cast. As always, if you like to support Game Wisdom and what I do, you have many options available. If you like to be a future podcast guest, either live or recorded, we are always looking for new people. Be sure to shoot me an email, josh at game-wisdom.com, or click on Submissions Wanted, and you can also submit a written piece. You can find my first book, 20 Essential Games to Study, out now on most major book sites and Amazon. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at GWBicer for daily updates from me. We have our own Discord channel that is open to everybody. You can find a free link to that on our Patreon, patreon.com slash GWBicer. If you'd like to get, uh, I'd like to help us out further along those lines. And last but not least, check out youtube.com slash C slash, oh, let me uh, do that last one again, sorry. Three, two, one. And lastly, be sure to check me out on youtube.com slash C slash game hyphen wisdom for daily videos on game design as well as live interviews with developers. But that's going to do it for this week's Perceptive Podcast. Tune in next time for another discussion on the art and craft of game design. But until then, have a good night. <laughs>